ask you right now, Lord, to, that we are right there, Lord. We are on the precipice, God. We're asking you, Lord, to take over this, this service. We love you today, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I told our, music, our singers, musicians, just a little while ago as we were getting together and praying before we come in here, if you notice how they walk in, that's done on purpose. It's not by accident that that happens. And I told them, I said, I was a few weeks ago or a few days, maybe a few weeks ago, I was watching and the Lord spoke to me. He said, they're like the priests carrying in the anointing. When they carried in the Ark of the Covenant, the priests carried it in before the people. And I told them today, I said, when you walk in, understand that you are carrying the Shekinah glory with you as you step towards the pulpit. As you step into your place, the Shekinah glory is beginning to settle down into this building and beginning to settle down amongst the people of the name and beginning to move among us. It's not just a song. It's not just music, but it's a worship that goes unto the king. It's a time of that we set aside and says, oh, Lord, there's nothing more important but to lift up you. God, we, we have nothing more to do at this moment but to lift up you and to lift up our voices unto you and to bring praise unto your name, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Will you give the singers and the musicians a hand clap right now? Let them know that we appreciate them. They come tirelessly service after service and they usher us into the presence of the almighty God young people you're dismissed hyphen you're dismissed to your classes this afternoon I'm thankful I come in this morning and I looked around and I thought man we're spring break our pastor would be impressed our pastor would be impressed and I looked to serve the group here this afternoon. And I know it looks like we just lost a large portion, but they're going into their breakout session. They're not leaving. They're staying here. They're getting fed. I believe that our pastor would be saying, I'm impressed. I'm impressed because it's, too, it's easy when the bishop is gone for just to stay home and say, oh, the bishop's on vacation, so I'm just going to stay home this week. But that shows how hungry you really are. How hungry the people are for a word from God. How hungry that you are to be in the presence of God. See, I, I don't care. I, I'm just here because God's here. Amen. And I thank you so much for the prayers this afternoon. Thank you so much, sis. You may be seated just for in the presence of the Lord. I feel like that I have fought hell for two days now to get to this pulpit. Um, Brother Worthen mentioned it. I am on call, and by the grace of God, that phone will not go off until I'm done preaching, until I get home, and probably not till tomorrow morning. That's what I'm praying for. At 8 o'clock, it can start ringing somewhere else. It don't have to ring in my house. But... Thank you for your prayers. I, I literally, I, I prayed 
this week. I normally don't preach when I'm on call for that, that reason right there because it's hard for me to focus on that and focus on getting ready to preach. And I, I, I know there are some other men and women in our congregation that are on call. They go through that rotation, and I, I commend you. I commend you for the work that you do in the kingdom of God. And, um, but I feel like that I've come to the church today to stand behind this, this desk like God's given me a word for the church I prayed this this weekend or this yesterday I was working on this this has been marinating in my spirit for about a few weeks now um, God does things differently for me he I don't know how he does it for the rest of the preachers and teachers but he kind of drops things in my spirit a little at a time and, and I've learned over the years that you write those things down because those aren't just coming just for any old reason to be coming they're coming because God is sending something down the pipeline even the well i'm not even on the schedule to preach i still write it down because i believe god is speaking at that moment and and just over time i've learned to be obedient to the and just begin to jot things down and write things down and and sometimes i might use them when i'm getting ready to preach and sometimes i don't and this time happens to be one of those moments where god dropped this in my spirit a few months ago while we were at because of the times and it just kind of made sense at that moment and I just kind of set it aside and it didn't really feel like it was ready to come out and this weekend when I was praying God said go back to your notes go back to the to the things that I spoke to you begin to look through those things and I begin to look and this this stood out to me and I won't give it to you the title to you just yet but I want to give our pastor and our, our ministry team honor today I would give honor to my wife who's here with me and my my grandson, who just left, he, he, I thought he was going to help his pat preach today, but he's, he's walked out somewhere on me, but that's okay. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be here later. Um, I believe our pastor has stepped into a new dimension of the Spirit. And he, he actually would be the first to tell you this is something new for him. He's stepping in to say he's been praying and God has allowed him to step into something that's new for our church. Um, and I'm not sure if you realize it. I'm sure most of you probably understand. In order for the church to go up, the pastor has to go up. The church will never go up any other levels until the bishop of the church goes up to the level. That when the bishop extends to the next level, the church automatically starts rising to the level. But it will not happen any other way. It will not, God did not ordain for the church to go beyond the bishop. The bishop will lead the church to the next level. And that's the way God has ordained for it to happen. So when you see your pastor, when you see your bishop begin to rise into a new level, understand that you're next. The body is next to go. The body is the next one moving. And we feel, we begin feeling those things happen. And we begin to feel resistance to us as well. And, and, and today I believe God has given me a word according to the resistance that you've been feeling. And, and I'm just going to tell you right up front, I'm not going to keep you long. I, I'm going to try not to keep you long. Um, but I do believe that God has got a prophetic word for the church today. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I may come in and out of it. I may, it may just be the whole thing. I'm not sure if this applies, but I believe that if you will grab this word today, Put your cell phones aside, put your checkbooks down, and begin to say, I'm, I'm present here today in the presence of the Lord. 
that I believe God's going to give you something that's going to carry you to the next level. He's going to show you that I am here with you, that I have not forgotten you, that you didn't just show up here today, but I have ordained for you to be here at this very moment to hear this very word because I am the Lord and I am your God and I'm going to do a great work among you. Amen, amen. Um, I want to preach a title. I want to preach a word, a title to you, or a subject to you that it's kind of off a little bit. But I'm sometimes I've been accused of being off, so that's okay. But when she puts it up on the screen, this is a term that I don't know. Maybe you've heard it in the movies. Maybe you just heard it in passing. But this is a real term. It's used, really. It is. It is I, I checked it out. I, just, I thought maybe God was just dry. I had bad pizza that night or something. And, but I begin to check it out, and this and turns out this is a very correct term that is used today in our military and is also used in our law enforcement. And um, if you know any law enforcement people and they, you hear them on the radio every once in a while, you'll hear some of these terms, this term every so often come across. And if you're not really listening, you don't really catch it. You don't really think about it. It's just a number. It's just a term, that, a slang that you hear. But I did some research on this term, I got your six, uh, a couple of days ago. And I, I, I was looking at this, and as this marinated over in my spirit for the last few weeks, I believe God spoke to me. I kept trying to push this aside and trying to go a different direction and I felt like God just kept pushing me back to the same area here because he wants you to know I got your six. The term I got your six is an old military term that originated in World War I. The pilots of World War I were the first to coin this term or first to use this term that's been documented. The six o'clock position is the rear position of the airplane. The 12 o'clock is the front. The 6 o'clock is the rear position of the airplane. Pilots would get on, the, they, would, they would communicate with each other as they begin to go into battle, and they would let each other know, I got your 6, man. It literally means, I got you covered so the enemy can't come up behind you and kill you. It's that literal. They take it in that literal term. Means I've got you covered in the blind spot, man. I'm covering your back so the enemy can't come behind you and stab you in the back. I'm covering you so the enemy can't touch you. The terminology, I got your six. Should become, the, should become the mantra of every Holy Ghost-filled person in the church. Everyone that comes through those double doors should know they don't have to worry. We got their six. That when you come into the doors of Turning Point Apostolic Church, you're not just entering into any old place, but this is a place that's safe for you. This is a place that you can be safe, that nobody's going to hurt you because the people of the name of Turning Point, they carry the name of the Lord, they've got your six. 
They ain't going to hurt you. There's no harm going to come unto you. There's no devil in hell that's going to touch you when you come into these doors because we got your six. Your brothers and sisters should know that you got their six. There should be no question among the body of Christ that you see here today. You should be able to look one to left to right and look that brother or sister in the eye and say, I got your six. In fact, if, if it's appropriate, if it's not your wife, don't look at them. But if it's appropriate, look to your neighbor right now. Look them square in the eye and tell them, I got your six. Because they need, after I wrote this in my notes, I got to thinking about that. I'm like, what if they're sitting, they're not sitting next to their wife. That could be really weird. But you know what I've got, you know where I'm going. I need to know, Brother Bunch, that you got my six. I need to know, Brother, Brother Vetus, that you got my back. That if I can turn my back on my brothers and, and, and focus on what is in front of me, I need to know that I'm covered on the back, that my back is being covered, that I don't have to worry about pulling out daggers out of my back because my brother is standing there saying, oh, no, you keep fighting the fight. You keep walking the fight. I've got your six. I got your back, man. Psalms 23 and 6 says, Surely in goodness shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I saw this, and I begin to think about this. I need, I need to know that my back's covered. I can deal with the front. I can deal with what I can see. But I can't always deal with what's going on behind me, Brother Pace. I need to know that I can trust you behind me. I need to know that if I turn my back on you, that you aren't going to hurt me. You see, there's been too many times in, in, in the church today, and people darken the doors, that they've been hurt by somebody else in the church. They've been hurt by, by this word, this sword. And I, I bring this... Every time I preach, I try to bring this, this Bible with me. It, it, it's, it's, it's my war sword. I don't carry it with, I'm not, unless I'm, generally not unless I'm preaching because it's kind of it's heavy. It's got some impact to it. But it's generally got some of my old notes stuck inside the pockets. If my kids ever, when I'm gone, they ever pick this up, they're going to find old notes old sermons, old messages, old things that I wrote down just kind of stuffed in the pockets. And I, I want that to be there for them because I want them to know that I was doing something. I was fighting the fight. I was pushing forward. At some moment in my life, I was writing down. And if you're not a writer, get this phone. Get your phone and speak. Talk to the phone. Talk into the phone. Make some kind of note. Make some kind of documentation of what God is doing. Because there's going to be a time in your life when you're going to need that documentation. I'm, I'm getting my passport for a trip that we're getting ready to take this summer. And we're filling out the documentation for this passport that, we had, that I'm trying to get. And uh, some of the documentation on this passport is my driver's license, and then it wants my birth certificate. It wants, it wants to know everything about me. 
And it's not just good enough that I can write it on the paper. It wants to know what my mom's name was when she, when she was born, what my dad's name was when he was born. What, where, where were they born at? What city were they born in? What year were they born? It wants to know all these details about my life. And, and, and at the end, all filling out all that documentation, says, you, know, you take it to the place you're supposed to go to, and it, says, and it gives you a list of things you got to bring. In that list of things that I'm bringing, that I had to bring, is my birth certificate that proves that I'm a citizen of the United States. They want proof. They don't want just my word. They don't want just my signature on the on the line that says this is who I am. They want proof of who I am. Somebody, some doctor, somewhere, when I was born, signed his signature on the line and said, "I am confirming that this is who this is." That at this time, at this time of day, this, this young boy was born to these people, signing his name as proof of who I am. God, in his infinite mercy, has went to Calvary and signed his name in blood, proving who you are. Proving that if they carry my, if they're washed in the blood of the Lamb, if they are washed in the blood of my blood, not just any blood. If they've been covered in my blood, if they carry my name, the Bible says that his name is written across, my, across me. He said, when you see that, when you see my name, my signature, he said, that proves who they are. That proves who they are. That proves to the world. That proves to the spirit realm who you belong to. That proves that you are not no longer your own. That you are no longer just standing out there with your back uncovered. It proves to the satanic world that you can't touch them. That they belong to me. That my name is written on them and I've got their back. I've got them covered. You're not going to touch them. You're not going to go near them. In Romans 8 and 31, it says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? In Psalms 107 and 23 and 24, this has been preached recently. Actually, this part of my message just keeps getting preached before I get a chance to preach, but that's okay. This is confirmation. It says, They that go down in, into the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these shall see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. God has sent me to this pulpit to remind you he has your six. If God has your six, Brother Deckard, you don't need anybody. You don't need nothing else. If God says go, that's all you need is go. If God says I'm here, that's all you need is I'm here. At that moment, I'm here. I want to show you a demonstration. Babe, come up here a minute. See, I'm, brothers, you're going to have to pray for me. I don't know if we're live streaming or not. 
but I want to show you what this looks like. You, we can, I can give you words. I can give you all kinds of words. I'm, I'm good at word. I can, I'm, I can talk and talk and talk, but I think sometimes you need a visual. visual. She's supposed to be helping me. I tried to get her to preach my notes. Yeah, she's agreeing. But this terminology, if you'll turn around, just put your back to me. This, lost your arm. This, walk with me. Don't fall. This is what it looks like when God says, I got your six. There is no way, there is nowhere that I turn that he is not turning with me. There's no direction that I don't go, that God doesn't go with me. Okay. There's no direction that I can't go, that God doesn't go covering me. There's never been a time in your life, young person, older person, a middle-aged person, that God, when you took on the name, there's never been a point in your life when God did not link arms with you and said, go ahead and walk, son. Go ahead and walk, daughter. Go ahead and claim it because I've got it right here. I've got your back. I'm backing you up. I've got the bank. I've got the check already written out. All you got to do is take it to the bank and begin to cash it. Some of you have felt like you were led astray by someone that you trusted. They convinced you that they had, their, had your best interest in mind, and you found out they really didn't. You feel more comfortable being tethered to the dock. I was praying about this whole dock situation because you have to understand God has to give me visuals sometimes for me to see what he's talking about. Because I've read the scripture about going into the deep, being ships in the deep, in the great waters. But God took me to a place that was very familiar to me. I'm, I'm sure most of you are from Bloomington, this area, so you, most of you have probably been to Lake Monroe at some point in your life. At some point in your time here, you've probably been down to Lake Monroe, down to the marina. And depending on what time of year you go or what time of day you go, you'll go, you'll see these, these boats that are just stuck in what they call slips. They're just tied to the docks. Most of the, depending on what time of day you go, if you go in late in the evening, those, dock, those boats are just sitting there. They're just sitting idle. There's no, no, usually no one in them, but they're tethered to that dock. They can only go so far. You watch them. They'll float out. They'll float in. They'll float out, and they'll float back in. They can only go as far as that rope, that, that tether, that literally a rope that's tied to that post will let them go. They will, they will, some have been there for many, many years. There's people who actually pay money to just leave their boat in the, that slip. They don't, some of these boats are so big, they don't even take them out. They just go down and 
stay, stay the weekend down on the boat and slip. That boat stays tied to the dock. As the tide comes in, this is what God showed me. He said, as the tide comes in, the tide brings the boat up, and the tide goes down, the boat moves back down. He said, some of my people are just like this. They're tethered to the dock of their security, and it's not me. He said, it's not me. They've been hurt. They've been, someone's hurt them. They've been hurt in the church. They've been hurt somewhere else. And they carry pain with them. And they, they feel secured, tight to the dock. That dock has become their place of security because it feels like when they bump into the dock, when they, when they crack, when the wave comes up. I've watched the rope on some of the, if the rope is tied very tight, when the wave comes up, the boat will actually stretch the line to it. So it's tight. So the wave is still, and then if you watch, the boat, the, the line tightens, but the wave continues to wet the rays. And you'll see the wave come farther up on the boat. The boat's not going any higher, but the wave is going up. The tide is going up. And eventually the tide will come back down and it'll pull the boat. It'll, you watch, it'll pull, the, the, it begins to pull back out into the deep again. And he spoke to me this very word. He said, my people, there are people in my churches that are secured to the docks. They're secured to things that are not mine to be secured to. They're not secured to me anymore. They're secured to things that brought them security at that moment. He said, I, I, my, I bring my tide in. And I raise them up. And, and then he said, I bring my tide. The tide goes back down and I go back out. He said, we see, you see this happening in services. The Spirit of the Lord will come in and will raise up. The Bible says it raises up a standard. It raises up. You'll see the Spirit begin to rise. You'll see people begin to rise up. You, you watch. You'll see the Spirit begin to raise people up. But you watch. You look around the room. And most of you, if you're, if, you're active in the, if you're active in church, you don't really even notice it because you're so involved with what's going on at the front. You're so involved in what's happening that you're just raising with the tide. You're, you're praising God because you're not tethered to this, this post. You're not tethered to this dock. You're, you're loose. You're, you're secured to God. And you're raising up as God raises, you're raising. But there are those around you right now that are sitting in these pews right now as I preach today that are not secured the way you're secured. They're secured to something else. And, and as the Spirit goes up, they go so far and they don't go any farther. But as the Spirit goes down and the, and the tide begins to go back out, those that are secured to God, they begin to flow out of the sanctuary. They begin to take what they raised up in the tide. What God raised up inside of them begins to go up. They take it out. They begin to put it in their pocket. God showed me. He said they begin to put it in the pockets. They begin to strap it on like a soldier strapping on a weapon. He said they strap it onto their belts. They walk out prepared for a mission. They walk out prepared to do, do something to impact the kingdom of God. While there are others that are tethered to the post that are watching, they're wanting to go, they're hungry to go, but they're stuck in place. They're saying, I can't let go. 
Someone hurt them. Someone said something. Someone led them astray in my kingdom. And they become scared. And they're so afraid to let go. And they have convinced themselves that they are tied to me. They're tied to a, a tradition. They're tied to a way of doing things that's always been done. And it's always, this is how, this, if they don't sing this song, I can't feel the Holy Ghost. If they don't, that this preacher doesn't preach and he doesn't use this text, I don't feel God. God said, that's not me. The Bible says, he told his disciples, he said, pick up your cross and follow me. We used to sing a song years and years ago when I was a young boy. Talked about the anchor, the cross being an anchor. And I was thinking about it in my mind, and I was like, God, how an anchor is. And he told me, he said, if you flip that upside down, what does that look like? It looks like an anchor. That very thing looks like an anchor. He said, pick it up. An anchor, somebody used it not too long ago, is dropped to hold you in place. It keep when you're out in, in, the, in the water, when you drop anchor on that ship, they drop that massive anchor into the water. It sinks into the ground, into the, into the ocean or the, the floor or the, there. And it keeps that massive ship from moving out of parameters out of the reach of the anchor the anchor's got some reach to it and it, it allows the, it allows that massive ship to begin to float in within the reach but when the captain of the ship says it's time to pull anchor it's time he gets new coordinates and says I need to be over here at this coordinate over here he roll he gives the command the anchor comes back up into the vessel it doesn't leave the vessel it just comes back up into the vessel. The vessel begins to move again out into the deep water. When that vessel begins to move into the deep water, God says that moment when that vessel pulls that anchor again, it allows me to move them, allows me to carry them out into the water where I want to do great things. There's great things happening all around you, saint of God. There's great things that are taking place all around you. But you've got to learn. You've got to somewhere in your life decide that you've got, that he's got you. I know you've been hurt. I, I know I could, I could almost take right to the person, to the ones that I'm talking to that have been hurt. You've been damaged. You've been mishandled. You've been, you've just been mishandled in the church. And God has sent this preacher today to let you know that he wants to take care of you. That he wants to, he's not going to hurt you. He's not going to whip you. He's not going to crush you. But he's going to go in. He's going to go in. He's going to make new that which old was old again. He's going to that which was hurting and that which was damaged and that which felt like all it was was just pieces of brokenness. He said, "I will take care of those things." Amen. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. That one that's, I'm sorry, I just got to, I got to follow the Holy Ghost. God doesn't give me very specifics very often to write, but he gave me this. And I'm going to just read it how he gave it to me, if that's okay. He said, if you're honest, your life feels like a roller coaster. It's been that way for a long time. You have convinced yourself it's the way it's supposed to be. You feel like that you're in one, one moment, you're riding the high. The next moment, you're down in the lows. And you, you look around and you see your brothers and sisters and it looks like they're riding an even kiln all the time. And you're, you get angry in your heart and you, you hurt and you ask God and you pray to God, why is it that my life is in pieces and their life is okay? Why is it that I'm in pieces, God, and their life is okay? be honest with you you got to cut from the dock if the storm gets bad enough that dock will damage you that dock that you're secured to that place that you have found security in it will actually hurt you if you're if, you, if the storm gets bad enough that that secure place that you that's not God that you feel secure in, that sad place where you feel like that nobody can touch me in this place will hurt you. It will cause damage to you. It will cause irreversible damage to your spirit. God sent me here to tell you today that it's not too late, that it's not too late for you, that today you can understand today that he has met you here in this place. To tell you, I got your six. Nobody's going to hurt you. Nobody's going to touch you. They got to go through me to get to you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. It's time to cut away, and it's time to release the things and the fears of past. God is saying, I've been trying to draw you. I've been trying to draw you into the deep. I've been calling your name. I've been waking you up at night. I've been disturbing you throughout the day. I've been sending people to you. I've been, I've been sending my spirit out looking and searching for you. I'm calling you into the deep. He showed me this as well. He said, if you let that ship go, if you let that, that, that boat, for lack of better words, if you let that boat that's tethered to that dock if you let it go, if you just cut it loose, 
the tide will do the rest of the work. It will pull that boat out of that slip, and it will pull it out into the open waters. If you're in the ocean, it'll just keep taking you on out into open waters. Think about that. If you release yourself today, God will do the rest. He said, if you'll release yourself to me, he said, I'll go ahead and do the rest of the work. I'll go ahead and pull you out into the deep areas. I'll take you to the places that you've been wanting to go. I'll take you to the places that you've been praying about. If you'll release yourself to me. The music will come. I'm assuming, are you playing for me? Who's playing? Okay. There is a there is a place that we need to get to. There is a place that we need to find ourselves. We uh, we find ourselves in many places in life, and each and every one of us have a different story. Each and every one of us have a different place that we've been some of some of you today have never been outside of the kingdom you 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 were you were fortunate you came in at a very young age and you you have served God for many many years but in that serving God in that time frame let me talk to you just a moment you've been serving God for many 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 years You've been, you've been a faithful servant to God. You've been faithful to his kingdom. You've been faithful in your giving. You've been faithful in your, in, in the, to the church. But you feel in your spirit you're lacking something. You feel you've been praying. You've been, asked, you've been praying to God, God, I'm, I'm missing something. I feel like that I'm missing something somewhere. You remember a time when God used to speak to you on a regular basis, when God would speak to you and tell you things and, re- and reveal things in the word to you and just reveal just little nuggets every once in a while, God would just show you something, just to show you that he's still there. And then somewhere in your walk with God, you got comfortable with that, with that relationship with God and you begin to just, you didn't take it really for granted, you just, Always thought it would always be that way, and it would just it would just be that way all the time, and that you could just come to church, and and as long as you got into the into the door, and got in the pew, that it would still be the same way that it's always been. But you here lately, I'm, you've been praying, saying, God, it don't feel the same way in here that it used to. The pastor ascended to a new level; it put it began to pull the church to a new place and for some of us it's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable here and you're wanting to go you're you're asking God what is it that I don't I don't understand this area you say well I've been faithful to God all my life but I'm telling you here today in 2022 we've came through a pandemic that that tried to shut down the church They tried to shut down our world. 
that tried to shut us down. But we proved to the we proved to the world that you can't shut the church. You can close the buildings, but that doesn't stop the church. You can close all the buildings you want to close, but that doesn't stop the church. The church is still moving. Precious saint of God, that you've been asking God, what's different? If you allow me to be so bold to let you know, he hasn't changed. He hasn't went anywhere. He's still got you covered. He's trying to push you to a new level. He's trying to draw you out of a place of comfort, a place that was comfortable to you, a place that you became comfortable in. You know, you knew how to work in this area. And God is saying, I'm, it's time for you to come out of that area. I need you over here. To those that are new, and maybe you've been in the church and you've left and you've came back and you're carrying baggage on your life. You're asking the question, God, I don't know if I can. Can I do this? Can I be a part of this, God? I've got, I got things that are wrong in me, God. I've got things that are not right in me. God is saying, yes, you can. I choose. I set them up. I change your heart. Will you stand with me today? Maybe asking, how do I go about this process today? Because I believe God is not done. I believe that he's only getting started. The best place for you to start is right here. It's at this altar at your seat, wherever you may, wherever you can find a place to get down before God. You say, well, I can't get on my knees anymore. There's empty, chair, there's empty chairs up here. All I'm asking of you is this one thing. Maybe you're not comfortable coming up here. Maybe you're not comfortable being seen. There's empty, there's empty pews all over our building. That just, they're just empty seats today if you don't want to come up here do this one thing for me I believe God's going to honor this I want you just to move out of that place that you're at I don't care if you had to move to the other end of the pew to the end to the middle just move, find you a place to go to move out of your place move out of the place that you're standing in right now show, and sit, show this and symbol to God God I'm making a decision today I'm stepping out I'm getting out of this place. I'm cutting ties. I'm cutting loose from the dock. I'm stepping out into a place that's new. If you'll just find you a place today, come. Don't, don't, I won't beg. I won't ask anymore. But if you'll find a place, just move to somewhere different. 
from where you're at right now. The best thing that you can do is to repent. Not that you've got a lot to repent for, but just repent for this one thing. God, I'm sorry that I did not trust you with my whole heart. Lord, forgive me for not trusting you with my entire heart. Ask him to show you the things that you need to remove in your own life. And then ask him to remove the things that only he can remove. Ask him to begin to heal your spirit. Ask him to heal your heart. Because once God begins to heal your heart, he's going to move you to new places. And as you pray today and as you're praying before God, I want you to remember this word. Remember this, this, this preacher. He's got your six. He wants you to be whole again. There's nothing greater that he would ever want for you today but to be whole again. He wants you to be whole again. Hallelujah, Jesus. Sing. Hallelujah, Jesus. I serve.